Are you ready, Flyer fans? It's the Anthony Grant Show, presented by Bud Light. Tonight's show is brought to you by Frickers. For over 30 years has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. Bud Light, America's favorite light lager. Premier Health, proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash sportsmed. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers. Helping fans stay comfortable all season long. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Now here's the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. Hey, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Anthony Grant Show. And uh, gosh, we wish we were at Frickers tonight. I mean, we would love to be there. Uh, your home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. We've had so many good times through the years at Frickers and uh, many good uh, times still ahead of us. But uh, in the midst of the pandemic still, uh, we are unable to be in Frickers tonight for our show. They are still our gracious sponsor, and I encourage you uh, to support them because they have supported us and they have supported Flyer Basketball. And so a uh, great idea for you to pick up the phone right now or go online and order some food and, and, and you know experience that Frickers experience you know have the food you know and, and while you're listening to the show uh i'm larry hanskin coach will be joining us here shortly as the dayton flyers are now three and one on this young basketball season uh and what a dramatic win it was on saturday uh in atlanta at uh, at the state farm arena an nba arena that which was empty zero fans the only people there were people that were just working the game, the teams, obviously, and uh, even not a lot of media. We were very fortunate to be able to be there uh, to provide you with that broadcast, and uh, Flyers pulling out an 85-82 a double overtime win over Mississippi State. And are we going to look back on that game and say, wow, that was what started something uh, for the Dayton Flyers this uh, 2021 basketball season? Early in the week, you know what? Let's be honest. It was a rather inauspicious uh, win over uh, over Northern Kentucky, a, a game in which you know Dayton won sixty six sixty. Never really. I don't think they were ever in doubt of losing the game, but uh, did not look sharp. Uh, they were literally. Uh, you hate to use that word. Their own worst enemy. And uh, turnovers, a huge, huge problem in that game, as they had been in the two previous games, and as they were in the first half of the game on uh, Saturday against Mississippi State. So that's something we're going to be uh, addressing with the coach here coming up. Also, um, final exam week is underway, so there's not going to be any basketball this week, uh, but uh, Dayton will next be in action on uh, Saturday, uh, December the 19th, and that's uh, this coming Saturday, a 2.30 game at home against Ole Miss. So we're taking care of things in Mississippi as far as that state's concerned, and uh, we'll have coverage of that for you. And then I, I do know, I do know that Dayton is trying to get a game then between then and Christmas, um, sometime maybe 22nd or 23rd, uh, and then you've got the conference opener coming up on, uh, on December 30th. And so, um, you know, interesting times. I will tell you this, um, for those of you out there wondering, you know what, I mean, you know, what the heck's going on? I mean, this has been such a, a bizarre year. There are some teams in the A-10 that have only played a couple of games. Uh, for example, UMass has only played a, a couple of games. Fordham is yet to play a game. Uh, they're scheduled to play on Saturday against Central Connecticut State, but their program has been shut down 
uh, by COVID. Uh, had a chance to talk with uh, Athletic Director Neil Sullivan uh, prior to the Mississippi State game on Saturday down in Atlanta. And they've had 15 contracts signed. I mean, 15 contracts signed for games to be played and 15 contracts that have been canceled. And, of course, obviously, you, you know some of them. You know you know Bellarmine. You know Alcorn State. Uh, but that's not including the fact that Dayton did not go uh, to the uh, multi-team event in South Dakota because of the, uh, the, 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 the spike, uh, the hot spot there of uh, coronavirus uh, infection. So these are unusual times in which we find ourselves, but uh, we are really happy to have you with us here uh, on the Anthony Grant Show on this Monday night. And we're continuing to explore new ways that we can bring this show to you in a you know, I mean, we can't come out to Frickers and all gather around and have a, sell a little Monday night party, uh, but we're trying to do things here, not just on radio, but a chance for you to uh, interact with the coach and, uh, and see the coach and uh, doing things on Facebook Live. And uh, we're continuing to, to, to explore those opportunities and, and, and work through them. I, I, I do want to mention, uh, you know, a couple of things that uh, we, we've got moving forward. Um, something we've been doing on Saturday nights is um, our uh, what we call Flyer Classics, and that is where we replay a game of a previous season. And, and, and probably at some point in time this season, we may replay a game from this season. Uh, I, I got to think Saturday's game against Mississippi State could be what a, quote, instant classic uh, that we'll replay at some point in time. But uh, this coming up this Saturday, we'll have, of course, the live Ole Miss game at 2.30, and then uh, in the evening at eight o'clock, uh, we will have we will have the uh, uh, the presentation of uh, a game from the past. And in fact, we've uh, we've we've decided it'll be the 2009 NCAA tournament game against uh, West Virginia, a game played in, in, in Minneapolis. And so um, we'll we'll have that come for you coming up. Um, a lot to come here. We're just uh, scratching the surface as we do on a Monday night, and we'll be hearing from the coach as we get all hooked up on Facebook Live and also here on the radio. It is the Anthony Grant Show as we continue on this Monday night on the home of the Flyers. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to the Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Call now, 457-1290. Now back to the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. Welcome back to the Anthony Grant Show. Uh, welcome back on this uh, Monday night as the Dayton Flyers are now 3-1 and one on the season, heading into final exams, and then they'll be playing Ole Miss on uh, Saturday at 2.30. We'll tell you more about that coming up. But uh, for those of you who are watching us on Facebook Live, either on our WHI Radio Facebook page or Home of the Flyers Facebook page, Coach Grant with us here. And, uh, gosh, Coach, uh, first time I talked to you, you were 17 years old. I did the interview <laughs> with you. And, and you know, the amazing thing is that you and I have not changed one bit from that day. We, that. We, we, not, we, we, we still look the same. I got, I, got, <laughs> I got a few more gray hairs. You don't have any gray hairs. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I, I, I got rid of them. I got rid of those. Hey, hey, hey Coach, you know what? Um, uh, we, we talked right after the game on Saturday, but uh, I, I think it does warrant talking more about um, what you saw from your young man 
Um, yeah, basketball X and O stuff. We can get into that, but let's just talk about just the overall tenacity, uh, togetherness that you saw from your team in a in a double overtime yeah. win over Mississippi State. Yeah, well, you know, I'm just really happy that that we were able to come out on the right side of that one. You know, we um, it, it's funny because this early in the year, I don't know if I've ever had a season where we've had as much um, uh, what I call special situations in games where you have to, you, you, you have different things that come up that most years, some of them you would practice, you know, in the preseason and get used to. But in the year of COVID, you know, with the, with the limitations we've had, we haven't been able to get to a lot of these things. And, and a lot of times as a coach, you, you, you practice things that really never happen over the course of the season. Well, you know, this is this is different. We've had almost every situation uh, possible in terms of special situations that you could go through. So uh, it's kind of on the job training. So for me, you know, my thing with our team is, is just, you know, they're learning each other. I'm learning them They're You know, some of the guys are learning me in terms of my expectations and our system. So to 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 see the resiliency uh, not just, you know, at the end of the game, but from half to half, you know, the, the challenges of, of growing from our last game. So, uh, you know, I told the guys after the game, I, I was really proud of them, you know, for, for the, uh, the trust that they're, they're learning how to show to one another and, and, uh, their toughness and resiliency. And, you know, we call them character wins, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're hit with some of the things we were hit with, you know, again, that 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 end of game situation where they tied it, you know, that that, uh, you know, could that could take a lot out of you. But our guys were able to regroup and, and stay together and believe and trust each other. So, uh, you know, yeah, we, we needed that win and, and proud of the guys for the fight they showed. Uh, obviously, you can break down things when you have a chance looking at it on tape. But in real time on Saturday, I thought the optics real time were of a team that was much different the second half on than the team that we all saw in the first half. Yeah, I, I would agree. You know, I, I thought in the first half, you know, we we needed to to be more uh, connected and, and do it more together on both sides of the ball. And I thought in the second half, uh, really on the offensive end, I thought we we did that. I thought we trusted each other more than what we what we showed in the first half. And I thought uh, we were much better on the offensive end. Uh, you know, defensively, uh, the second half was was about about the same. Obviously, I'm 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 always going to be uh, critical when I look at what we do defensively. But at the same time, I also understand, man, we had some guys out there that um, you know played played some serious minutes, you know, over the course of regulation and into overtime. So uh, the fight that they showed to to put themselves in position to to come out with that victory says a lot. I know that you you know you want everyone to stop. You want every possession to end with a stop and and, and a rebound. But uh, DJ Stewart had a phenomenal game for Mississippi State, and this is a guy that you know you know he's a, he's long. He's got that I don't know for lack of a better term that James Harden step back you know fade where he's going to create separation. You know even if his man is is right on him. So yeah. uh, I mean. 
I mean, I, I thought defensively you guys were where you were supposed to be a lot of the times. You know, he, he made some tough ones. He reminds me of, of another young man from Mississippi that, that actually coached against at Mississippi State and at Duke, Rodney Hood, who's now in the NBA. Very similar size, another lefty guy that could create his own shot uh, and could score at all three levels, you know, and, and he he got him at the rim mid-range and, and from the three-point line on us. And he, he's a prolific scorer, certainly uh, – you know, very impressed with what I saw from him. You know, so uh, our guys were able to battle and uh, put themselves in position where where we were able to get enough stops, uh, crucial stops at, at crucial times, uh, both in regulation and in both overtimes, to put us in a position where where we were we were able to win the game. I, I would be remiss if we didn't uh, mention uh, what R.J. Blakeney did, and and I don't want to just talk about him making that shot because his game was way more than just that. But uh, it's important, I think, to point out that not only did he make a play, but Ibby Watson made a play for him to make a play to hit that three. Yeah. Um, what's that say about that that veteran, that fifth-year senior, just throwing the ball to a, a raw freshman saying, okay, guy, I know you can do it? Yeah, I think it says, you know, just we're building that trust. You know, and, and it, it was it was great to see Ibby, you know, trust RJ in that situation. And I think there was another play maybe earlier where where Jalen flipped one to RJ and, and he didn't make that one, but just the confidence to to be able to throw it to him and his willingness to take those shots, I think says a lot about, you know, him and says a lot about the trust his teammates have in him in those situations. Uh, you know, Ibby made another play that got Jordy a three point play there that was big, I think, in the first overtime. And, and certainly, uh, you know, you saw it over and over again, guys stepping up and, and, and uh, making plays on, on both sides of the ball. I thought, you know, defensively, uh, RJ was tasked with with trying to defend a uh, 6'9", 240-pound uh, power forward inside and, and uh, you know, just battling in there and, and trying to not give up easy baskets and, you know, having to put them at the line and go in there and, and rebound the ball. So, you know, we're, we're getting a, you know, he got a taste of, of college basketball at a, at, at a high level in terms of the way we want to compete. So I uh, was really proud of, of him and, and all our guys for the fight they showed. You faced two physical teams this week, I thought. I mean, Mississippi State might have been a more classic physical team with that just enormous size inside that they had, you know, playing a guy yeah. 6'10", guy 6'11", at the same time. But yeah. it was a physical game on Tuesday against Northern Kentucky, a, a different type no of physicality. Um, yeah, and did, did yeah you, no question. Did your guys maybe uh, – I think, you know, I think honestly, to, to be honest with you, you know, we, we've, we've, been, we've been tested, you know, in all four games from a physical standpoint. We face teams that are, that are really good, rebounding teams that are, that are physical teams. Uh, that that Eastern Illinois group that we played, uh, you know, had had a lot of maturity, some older guys, obviously SMU, you know. So I think every game that we've played, uh, you know, we I think our, our guys are are getting a a, a good indication of, of what it'll take, you know, for us to be able to try to accomplish some of the things we want to accomplish over the course of the year. And one of the folks that's uh, joined us on Facebook Live tonight, Trevor, you know, concerned about <laughs> something I know you've been concerned about turnovers and offensive rebounds do you feel like second half on Saturday against Mississippi State that you successfully address those two issues yeah I mean you know when I look at the final stat sheet 
you know, I see they got 20 more shots than we did. And those two things certainly contributed to the fact that they, they did that. We were fortunate that they, uh, they went nine for 22 from the free throw line. You know, so for me, um, you know, I thought the, the first half, I think we had nine turnovers. And then the, the last 30 minutes of the game, you know, we had we had eight turnovers. And I think we did a pretty good job down the stretch of making sure we got shots and, t- and took care of the basketball. So, uh, you know, from that standpoint, I thought we improved uh, in regards to the to the to the rebounding issue. Um, you know, I think at the uh, at the end of uh, of regulation, uh, you know, there, there was we were in foul trouble. They were they were hurting us on the glass. Uh, but because we stuck with it, uh, I thought, I thought uh, the overtimes, we were able to hold our own on the glass. Uh, you know, they they had a lineup of a 6-3 point guard, a 6-6-2 guard, a 6-7-3 man, a 6-9 power forward, and a, and a 6-11 center. And then they came off the bench with a, a 6-7-3, another 6-9, and a 7-footer. You know, so we knew, you know, it would be a battle on the glass and, and uh, we would have to do a great job. They got 16 uh, offensive rebounds uh, on, I think, 75 shots. You know, so uh, not where we want to be, but I, I thought our guys competed and battled. And certainly, you know, we know that that uh, you know that'll be a, a team effort that we'll have to we'll have to tackle all year. Again, this is the Anthony Grant Show here on the Home of the Flyers and also uh, streaming live at the WHIO Radio and Home of the Flyers Facebook page. And, uh, you know, it's something you dealt with last year. Um, you know, at, at about this point in time of the year, you were trying to get guys healthy, uh, get everybody on the floor, and it took a while. And, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, Kobe Bray has been dealing with something, and now um, Luke Frazier had to have his appendix taken. Now, I'm not laughing, uh, but – it, it's just one of those things where you know when it rains it pours. Yeah. Uh, how, yeah how, Luke, how how how's Luke coming along? He's doing okay. You know, Luke Luke's been he's he's had some stuff that that you know you don't want you don't wish on any freshman uh, to start his career in terms of different different illnesses. Um, you know that that date back to you know a, a month or two ago that that's kind of slowed him. But he's got you know a, a positive attitude about it, and and uh, you know thankfully we were able to to get this taken care of, uh, you know, um, probably earlier than it could have been in terms of being an emergency situation. So, uh, he's in a good, a good, a good frame of mind, but, you know, it's just unfortunate, uh, you know, uh, that, that, uh, he's had a, a kind of a string of, of, of things that have popped up that have kept him out, you know, for some extended periods of time. Yeah, I, I mean, I look at what Jordy went through last year and it, and, you know, it, 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 it was February before he really kind of, felt himself yeah. and then look what you've look yeah. what you've been able to get since then yeah I, i'd say you know probably you know the first month we were all shut down you know just with uh, the situation around campus with covid and then you know since that time i'd say luke's probably missed another month of, of just um you know different things that have, that have come up so so yeah so this is this is another thing that that's hit but like i said he's in good good spirits and uh you know i think he'll He'll uh, he'll bounce back strong. Yeah, a setback, but nothing permanent. And we look forward to his recovery, and we look forward to this season moving forward. Uh, final exams this week. Uh, we're not going to talk about those, but we will talk about where this team is uh, heading. Kind of a what's usually been a natural break in the season, but well, this is a, a year like no other. Uh, we'll talk about what's ahead as we continue the Anthony Grant Show here on the Home of the Flyers. 
The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Call now, 457-1290. Now back to the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. Hey, welcome back to the Anthony Grant Show here on this uh, Monday night, December 14th. The Dayton Flyers are 3-1 and one, heading into final exams. And then they'll be hosting Ole Miss on uh, Saturday at 2.30 at the UD Arena, trying to pull off a Mississippi sweep, if you will, uh, coming off an 85-82 double overtime win over Mississippi State on Saturday in Atlanta, which is the home of the Atlanta Athletic Club. And you were their coach in Atlanta, so it was appropriate that they presented you with the trophy, which uh, you earned last year as the Naismith, uh, the Naismith National Coach of the Year. How, you know, it, it was not the pomp and circumstance that maybe you deserved or, or the Flyers deserved, but how did it feel to get that uh, get that trophy? It, it was a great honor, you know, and, and I, I was, uh, you know, just thankful. I didn't didn't expect it, you know, so we, we obviously – knew we would, we would be going to Atlanta. So uh, Doug Hostow, our SID, uh, he reached out maybe early in the week last week and said that, uh, you know, the tip-off club uh, uh, knew that, that we'd be coming in town or they found out we'd be coming in town to play and and wanted to present the trophy. So uh, it, I was honored to, to have a chance to go uh, and, uh, you know, and obviously receive it and uh, we were able to bring it back. So, uh, you know, it's just, a, like I said, um, you know, it's it's I think for myself, for our coaching staff, for our players and everybody associated with the program, I think it's it's our award. You know, it's everybody. Everybody has a piece of that, you know, and so uh, I'm grateful that that I, I got a chance to to say thank you again. You know, so many people that made last year so special. I thought the weekend was a trifecta. I mean, you got your you got your trophy. Uh, the Dayton Flyers got a really hard-fought, perhaps even a signature win. And on Friday night, and I, I got to think this might have juiced the guys up a little bit, Obi Toppin made his NBA debut in a preseason game against Detroit, and he was as advertised. Uh, how did it feel for you as a coach and for his former teammates yeah. to see Obi just be Obi? Yeah, you know, I, I didn't get a chance to see the game live. I think some of our guys were able to watch it, um, but I, I saw the highlights, you know, and uh, he, he looked like Obi, you know, and it was great to see him out there and uh, for his NBA debut, and, and uh, he, he looked he looked great. He looked comfortable. He looked like he belonged. So, uh, yeah, so really excited for him. And I know, you know, the, the, the preseason, uh, these exhibition games, you know, they're just kind of friendly games, and, and, and uh, but at the same time, you know, you see him out there with some guys that he probably grew up watching with, you know, guys like uh, Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose and some of those guys he went up against his first night. So, uh, you know, I, I expect every game, uh, you know, he'll get more and more comfortable and more and more familiar with what he's got to do to to help the help the Knicks uh, become what they want to become. And he'll still have an impact on your program by by virtue of the fact that he played with some of these guys. And obviously you can cite him. Uh, when when working with individuals and in your coach, Don Donaher uh, told me when I talked to him uh, earlier this year, the thing that impressed him most about Obi was what a great teammate he was. Yeah. What lesson can your guys now and moving forward take from that? 
Yeah, I, I think it's just who Obi is, you know, and I think he's probably, I, I would imagine he's carried that over uh, to, to New York, just listening to some of the comments in the media that he's that he said, you know, just about his experience here and, and uh, you know, what he hopes to, to be a part of there in New York. Uh, you know, I think not only for, for our guys, but, you know, for the, for the younger kids out there that, you know, are, are Obi fans, uh, just to, just to understand, you know, who he is as a human being, the type of person he is, uh, that that's what it's all about at the end of the day. And I think Obi, Obi understands that um, he's got a great platform and a great, uh, he could be a, an unbelievable uh, role model for so many young men and women, uh, boys and girls that, that look up to him and, and, and admire what he's been able to accomplish and the way he's gone about doing it. So, so yeah, I'm really proud of him. You know, so Jam is on to the NBA, and, and a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the peanut butter part of that peanut butter and jam, and that is your senior point guard, Jalen Crutcher. And you, and you said that this was going to be a different year for Jalen, that Jalen was going to see uh, attention on the court. Forget about media attention, but attention on the court from opposition like he'd perhaps never seen before. Um, have you seen that actually play out in the first four games? Yeah, you know, I think, and that's natural. I don't think any of that is, is, is caught Jalen or, or, or team by surprise. You know, I think, you know, I said this after the game, you know, we've got a group, Jalen and Rodney Chapman are, are our most experienced guys in terms of on the court. Obviously, we've got, we've got guys that are experienced in terms of their age and, and their classification in terms of how many years they've been in college. But a lot of these guys, you know, that are that are older, like Ibby, you know, last year he played a significant role for us and got some valuable experience. Uh, Jordy played a little bit more limited role in, in Chase, even though he's been in, in, enrolled in college uh, in parts for, I think, three or four years. He's relatively inexperienced. So a lot of these, these uh, experiences they're going through in games, playing major minutes, uh, being in, in these situations at the end of games, for a lot of the guys, it's their first time going through it. And, and, and being able to, to, to figure out uh, offensively how to take advantage of, of what we do and what they can do. And then defensively, uh, you know, how to how to make the adjustments that you have to make to be able to to put yourself in position to win games. So, you know, we, we're kind of learning on the fly, you know, in a in a kind of a reduced preparation type year, you know, because of because of the pandemic and some other things that we've been hit with in terms of different things. So so Jalen, you know, is, is having having to, to not only make sure he's prepared, but making sure that his teammates also uh, understand what they need to do and how we need to do it. And so, uh, yeah, so that learning curve, I think, is, is something that, that he's adjusting to, that we're all adjusting to. But I thought, you know, the other day, you know, he, he, he put the team on his back in some situations there, uh, whether it was uh, making, making plays for himself or making plays for his teammates, uh, you know, giving the effort on a defensive end. So yeah, I, I thought, uh, yeah, everybody, I thought we had a great team effort, but Jalen certainly stood out. We already talked about the fact that, th that there was a dramatic, uh, difference that second half and just, uh, the crispness, uh, offensively, defensively. And, and, and there was a, a possession very early in the second half that really stands out in my mind. Ironically, you didn't score on it. But uh, it, it, it was a, a possession uh, very early in the second half. I mean, you throw the ball in the post, you, you, you rotate, you move it side to side. 
Uh, Rodney makes a penetration, a kick out, and Ibby's got to step in wide open three. It, it doesn't go. That's the only thing, though, that went wrong yeah. on that possession. Yeah. yeah, that was our first possession of the second half. You know, and, and the ball movement, the extra passing is exactly what we've been about, you know, as a team. And and uh, you're right. I think that 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 kind of set the tone. And even though the shot didn't go in, you know, the uh, I think everybody on the floor knew that that's that's what it's supposed to look like for us in terms of when we're at our best. And I, and I thought, you know, that that kind of sparked uh, several plays in the second half where we had great ball movement. Guys shared it. They uh, made the right play, made the right basketball play. And and we were able to, to reap the benefits of it. What's that say about your guys' uh, basketball IQ and in, in, in many cases their maturity that to recognize that, that, okay, we didn't score, but we still did something really good. Yeah. You know, I think, um, you know, when you, when you have veterans, uh, you know, uh, that, 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 that have played, you know, and, and understand it, like, our, you know, obviously we've got a veteran backcourt with our guards. And then, you know what, uh, one, one thing I'll say is, you know, even guys on the bench, like Cam Greer, you know, uh, you know, I, I think that play you're talking about, uh, you know, his his energy and his his voice on the bench, uh, you would have thought the shot went in uh, as excited as he was about the play that was made and doing the right thing. And so that 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 uh, it, it resonates with the younger guys and they see, you know, the guys on the floor understanding that even though the shot didn't go in, that the, the right play was made and then to get that reinforced from a Cam Greer, from a from a, a Christian Wilson, from the coaching staff, I think it, it kind of helps you to to identify, uh, you know, who you are in terms of your culture and the way you want to play the game. Eventually, obviously, you want to get more uh, productivity from your bench, and certainly R.J. Blakeney has stepped up. But you just mentioned a couple of guys, and you know, Cam and and, and Christian. Christian seen the floor, Cam not. But just how important is just that engagement of your bench? For this team oh, to move it's, forward, it's critical, you know, especially when you, you know, when when you have, uh, you know, maybe, you know, a hundred or less people, you know, in the stands, you you have to create your own energy, you have to create a your your own uh, uh, your own atmosphere, so to speak, and and you know, so for us, it's it's you know, the guys on the bench, the coaches, uh, the guys on the floor, you know, their voices are so so important, and and you know, uh, the other day, you know, against against Mississippi State, you know, they're they're they got energy from their bench. Our guys got energy. So it was almost like the benches were the fan bases, you know, kind of going back and forth as, as, uh, you know, plays were happening, uh, good and bad on both sides. Yeah. I tell you what, at some point in time, it was, it was quiet enough in there. I was, I was concerned that people on the floor could hear what Josh and I were saying, uh, up, up, up in the, uh, the loge level, because, uh, you know, there was literally nobody in this arena, but, uh, you know, that, that's basketball in a, in a COVID area. Yeah. We, got, we got more basketball to come. Uh, we've got uh, Ole Miss on Saturday. We've got final exams this week, and we got more. The Anthony Grant Show as we continue right here on the home of the Flyers. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Call now, 457-1290. Now back to the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. 
Hey, welcome back uh, to the Anthony Grant Show. We are brought to you by Frickers, your home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. And you know what? If you're going to be uh, doing any gift-giving this holiday season, uh, you know, Frickers gift cards make an excellent gift. And, and also, uh, you can get meals for carryout uh, while you're watching your favorite games or listening to the Anthony Grant Show on a Monday night. Uh, big thanks to our friends at Frickers uh, for sponsoring the show again this year. We look forward to gathering uh, all together on a Monday night in the future. But right now, uh, we move through this uh, this COVID season where the Dayton Flyers are 3-1 and one, heading into final exam week, and then they'll be uh, taking on Ole Miss uh, on Saturday at 2.30. You know, and, and Coach, this year is like no other, and I, I, I know that you've got – your old coach had a playbook. Uh, coach Donaher, he had uh, those binders uh, that he still has at his house. But there's no playbook for this year. There's no playbook for how to deal with something like this. Has has COVID been a, a, a distraction for your players, or has it minimalized some of the potential distractions they might have during a normal year? Yeah, that's a great question. Um I don't know the answer, but I would guess that it would be both. Um, I, I would I would guess that it would be both. I think certainly, um, you know, when you look at, um, you know, some of the adjustments that you that we all have had to make uh, in terms of trying to keep ourselves and and those around us safe from wearing a mask to social distancing um, to you know oh, the testing protocol that we go through uh, every week. Uh, you know, so we, we've had to certainly make some adjustments, but I think it's it's kept uh, it's also kept our focus on on making sure that we do everything we can uh, to be able to to do what we're doing in terms of playing a season and and uh, you know staying safe and trying to stay healthy as we can and and uh, you know every day could bring a different challenge. You know, so there there's certainly a lot of unknowns and. And, uh, you know, the old coach speak of, of trying to control the things you can control has never been truer, you know, than, than what we're what we're seeing, um, you know, on a daily basis now. So. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's um, could be looked at as, as a somewhat of a distraction because of of uh, the nothing is normal. Right. We, we have to get out of our comfort zones. But but at the same time, it forces you to to stay locked in and, and understand what's at stake. From day one, and, and literally day one uh, of taking over this program, you have emphasized academics, and, and, and final exams is, is 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 this is this is the big week uh, for your team, and um, you know there again they've had to make adjustments uh, with the pandemic, and uh, uh, do you, are, are the are the guys they feel pretty good about moving into this week. I think so. You know, Beth is the, our, our academic advisor has done a fabulous job, and, and obviously she's got her hands full with her family and just just you know, obviously dealing with with the same thing the rest of us have had to deal with in, in terms of the pandemic and how it's impacted everybody, uh, maybe more so. Um, you know, but but she she's done a tremendous job of making sure our guys understand what they need uh, to be able to do, and, and they have what they need, the resources they need. Uh, to, to be successful along with our staff. Uh, our staff has done a tremendous job of helping to make sure our guys are, are where they need to be and, and, and taking care of their responsibilities. And then the guys have, have been terrific in terms of 
uh, trying to stay on, 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 on point with, whether it's a Zoom class or in person or a Zoom meeting with a, with a tutor. So yeah, so this week obviously is, is huge, uh, you know, with finishing up finals and, and doing everything from a virtual standpoint and not having that, that face-to-face interaction. This is, this is, this is brand new for the professors. It's brand new for all of our, all of our student athletes as well. So yeah, so this'll, this'll be, uh, this'll be different, but hopefully our, our guys will finish strong here and, and uh, do a good job here as we, as we finish up this semester. All right, it's time for me to, uh, to ask the obligatory Elijah Weaver question, and obviously this is the week that we may hear something about his uh, NCA waiver, yeah. and that is what, uh, Wednesday maybe? Yeah, from what I understand, there'll be a vote on Wednesday to determine whether or not first-time transfers uh, will can become immediately eligible. Obviously, uh, some transfers, some first-time transfers are already playing. Uh, they, they were able to... Uh, to request and be granted waivers, and some guys requested and and weren't granted waivers. In our situation, we did not request a waiver for Elijah, uh, but with the rule, uh, certainly if if it passes, uh, we hope to have him available. Don't know when uh, that his availability would happen, uh, but but certainly um, if the rule does pass, we we'd be pretty thrilled if if we could get him available. Um, and then I, th- I think the, the caveat for all the guys that um, in, in Elijah's case, you know, you look at it and say, well, you know, what about the guys that having, you know, missed part of the year and then to come in, uh, you know, the, the NCAA also said that everybody will get an extra year of eligibility. So those guys won't lose anything to be able to, to come out and try to help the team and contribute and play this season. So I, I think it's a, it'd be a win-win all the way around if, uh, if indeed the rule uh, does go through. And, and Elijah's been able to practice uh, really since summer even. Yeah. Yeah. He's been with us uh, since the summer. Yeah. So that would be, uh, that'd be a good addition, but we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, you know, don't, I won't count, count our, our chickens before they're hatched. We'll, we'll see what the ruling is and see how it turns out. And then we'll go from there. All right, let's talk just a little bit about Ole Miss because uh, obviously you haven't really jumped into a scouting report yet on them, and uh, it won't be, you know, it won't be until later this week that you can begin to talk to your own team about Ole yeah. Miss. But um, you have an opportunity here. Um, you beat Mississippi State. Um, you could complete a SEC sweep of that state uh, with the uh, Rebels coming in on Saturday. Well, you know, obviously two different teams. I haven't seen. Ole Miss, I know they they've got a, uh, I think a, a, a game tonight, uh, which will be their third game. Uh, they've they've uh, had some impressive wins uh, so far this early in the season, and uh, don't know a whole lot about them other than certainly have a lot of a lot of respect for Coach Davis and, and and the way he runs his programs and the success that he's had everywhere he's been. So uh, you know this would be the first time going against, uh, you know, one of his teams. So, yeah, so we're looking forward to getting prepared and and getting our guys uh, through this, this finals week and get some good practice this week and get back on the court and and, uh, and get better and, get, and continue to, to move forward. Early in the year like this, when you don't have a lot of, uh, of game tape on, on teams of personnel, and we talked about this before the game on Saturday, that you, you, do you look at the coach – and, and what they like to do traditionally, wherever they have been, uh, is that a help in your preparation for what you could anticipate? 
Yeah, it, it can be, you know, because obviously every every coach has a philosophy and an identity that they want to play to. So, you know, certainly you can look at, you know, I think this is year, at least year three, maybe four. Uh, uh, coach Davis at uh, at uh, at Ole Miss, you know, so you can look back and see some of the things they've done in the past, but their personnel is different. I think they've, if I'm not mistaken, added a at least a couple, you know, maybe two or three uh, uh, transfers from other programs in, and then obviously in, uh, some new guys in terms of uh, freshmen or, or, or new players in the program. So uh, personnel will be really important along with, you know, kind of the identity they play to. And, and we'll, we'll look at, you know, as many of the games from this year as we can to, to try to get familiar with them. All right, Coach. Uh, well, uh, you've got a big week ahead. Uh, your guys in the classroom, uh, you and your staff, then uh, getting them ready for that game on Saturday against Ole Miss, which will tip off at 2.30. We'll have pregame coverage right here on the home of the Flyers beginning at 2. We're back here a week from today, uh, Monday night, uh, on the radio, also on our WHIO radio and home of the Flyer Facebook page with another edition of the Anthony Grant Show brought to you by Frickers, your home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. Have a great week, everyone. Good luck in finals, guys. And go Flyers. All right, go Flyers. WHIO Dayton, WHIO FM, Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station from the CJSHeatingAndAir.com studios. CJS means yes.